Welcome everybody here for coming for this uh, evening's uh, Bible study. This is the second Bible study for the month of November. I also want to welcome our online um, participants. I pray that as we study that the Lord will grant us great insight, that we learn more from him and that we will use what we've learned to run this race. Let us pray. In Jesus' name, our Father and our God, we are grateful that you found us worthy to be here this evening, to hear your word, to listen to your word, and to discuss your word. Father, we are doing all this because we want to learn more from you. Father, as we study, as we open the scriptures, we pray, Lord, in heaven, that you grant us greater insight that you reveal yourself more to us. And Father, you strengthen us in all areas. But adventure that some on the way, Father, we pray that you quicken their steps and also they will benefit from today's study. Father, we study and we worship you all to the glory of your holy name. Take all honor, take all adoration, for in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Um, this evening, we are going to still continue with the theme, Exceeding Expectations. Exceeding Expectations. That's our theme for the month. And last Wednesday, our Reverend Jonathan Odega um, spoke on something. Do we remember what he, the topic, last Wednesday's topic? Yeah, making it... Excelsior, something like that. And what did he say Excelsior is? Excelsior as being excellent. Excelsior, excellent. Making it excellent. Making it Excelsior. And he also tried to um, let us know um, and give us very good insights as to what that means. He took us through what happens in the society, especially in organized um, sectors. He talked about merit being the driving force for improved quality, that we have to ensure that we belong to those that work hard to have the merit that gives us an edge over others. Because he said, intellect, scholarship, is very much desirable for you to be, even in a, to be in a competitive world. And that most of the times, 98% of those who are in the upper class area are able to be picked out that are able to be picked out. And he said that, he also mentioned that God wants and has no limitations as to giving us excellence, as to exceeding our excellence. There are no limitations there. It doesn't have, it's not about, it's not able to do it. He has the ability, he has the capability, he has the capacity for us to excel in everything that we do. But we go more than desire it. We should also emphasize deserving it. And that deserve is on the fact that we have worked hard, we have, we have the scholarship, and we're able to perform by the time um, we have that, whatever we are asking for. This evening, we are going to advance that conversation more. And the topic for today is Awesome God. Awesome God. Our text will be taken from Ephesians 3, 14 to 20, John 14, 12 to 14, and Daniel 2. Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 20, John 14, 12 to 14, and Daniel 2. We want to do something a little different. Those who have not read the Bible in the last two months, we read today. So do you have this, um, the mics? 
we, this um, this uh, column you have uh, give somebody, especially the younger folks, just because in this kind, this business of excellence, everybody's involved. Somebody who can read the Bible, yeah, we will call you to read at a point. How many have we distributed? Do we have one, two, three or so microphones? Okay. We're going to read Ephesians 3, 14 to 20 from my right here. Who is reading? Ephesians 3. Just open it and, and keep. Then um, John 14, 12 to 14. This, this um, column we read. Do we have anybody here? Yes. Okay. Um, Daniel 2, Daniel 2 will start from 14 to, to 30. Daniel 2, 14 to 30. So let's look at Ephesians 3, 14 to 20. Thank you so much. Okay, um, John 14, 12 to 14. The work that I do shall eat, do also, and greater works. Than this shall be shall be shall be due because I go unto my father, and whosoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the father may be glorified in the son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Then um, Daniel two seventeen to thirty. That's a long one. Daniel 2, 17 to 30, NLT. Then Daniel went home and told his friends, Ananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, what had happened. He urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secrets so they would not be executed along with the other wise men of Babylon. That the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever. For he, has, for he has all wisdom and power. He controls the course of world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. He reveals deep and mysterious things and knows what lies hidden in darkness, though he is surrounded by light. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors, for you have given me wisdom and strength. You have told me what we asked of you and revealed to us what the king demanded. Then Daniel went in to seek Ariok, whom the king had ordered to execute the wise men of Babylon. Daniel said to him, don't kill the wise men. Take me to the king and I will tell him the meaning of his dream. Ariok quickly took Daniel to the king and said, I have found one of the captives from Judah who will tell the king the meaning of his dream. The king said to Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, is this true? Can you tell me what my dream was and what it means? Daniel replied, there are no wise men, enchanters, magicians, or fortune tellers who can reveal the king's secrets. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in the future. Now I will tell you your dream and the vision you saw as you lay on your bed. While your majesty was sleeping, you dreamed about coming events. He who reveals secrets has shown you what is going to happen. And it is not because I am wiser than anyone else that I know the secrets of your dream, but because God wants you to understand what was in your heart. Praise the Lord. We'll come back to all of this. Um, in August two, 2023, there was a write-up uh, about the CG on beyond expectations, and they defined expectation as the fuel that the human heart runs on. The fuel that the human heart runs on, without which the human spirit becomes paralyzed. All of us have some expectations, right? We, every human being has an expectation. And if you, if you stay without expectation, what's, what's the next thing to happen? There's no hope. So we all have expectations, and it's seen as the fuel the human heart runs on. So when we talk about expectations, it's for everybody. Even the child in uh, um, Gretsch wants to go to primary one and all of that. So it's all about 
our feelings and our hearts and how we want to progress in life. So this evening, we are, we'll be looking at the following areas as we seek to know more about this awesome God who constantly seeks expectations. One is God's expectation of believers. God has expectation of believers. Second is God's promises to believers, and then our God of exceeding abundance. We are going to look at it before we come to our conclusion. So what's God's expectation of believers? First, we want to, I think we all agree that God's, God has expectation of us. There is an expectation of us that God has. And this includes to love him. God wants us to love him. That's an expectation. If you look at Matthew 22, 34 to 40, Matthew 22, 34 to 40. Can somebody open it? Matthew 22, 34 to 40. If you just see it, it's read. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, thank you so much. So, to love the Lord with all our hearts and to love our neighbors ourselves, ourselves, that's two in one. That's love. That's the first expectation. There are so many expectations, but the ones we are going to consider today, love, they said the laws, the commandments hinge on these two. Love the Lord, God, God as yourself, and then love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. Second is to believe in him. Believe in him. And when we believe in him, that is it's not because of the fact that he has given us food on the table. You believe in him because it is him that controls everything. He controls our life. So we have to believe in him. Third is to fellowship with him. And he wants us to worship him, to glorify him. It's an expectation. And Isaiah 43, 21 captured it very well. Isaiah 43, 21. Isaiah 43, 21. Who has Isaiah 43, 21? And the microphone, let's look at it. Isaiah 43, 21. Isaiah 43, 21. Yes. I have made Israel for myself and they will someday honor me before the whole world. For Israel to honor him before the whole world. And he has, as he has expanded that to us, having been adopted into the kingdom, we are to honor God before the whole world. And that's, that's a fellowship. We are to fellowship with him, worship and glorify him. That's an expectation of God. And also total submission to him. No matter the circumstance, we have to submit to God. It's not a conditional assignment, no matter the circumstance. Then obedience in his word. We need an obedient heart. Then trusting God. And here, trusting God is a choice. We have to play individually. We have to make this choice individually. When we read Daniel 1.30, we have a situation where we discussed Daniel a lot last week and all that he was able to do. He refused to eat the king's meat and he, was, he looked much better and much more intelligent, him and his, uh, and his friends, than any other of the young men that um, was selected. And here we are in Daniel 2. The king had a dream. He had a dream he couldn't even remember himself. And he called for the astrologers, he called for the magicians, he called for everybody to come, for those that are in that class, to come and interpret that dream. Tell him the dream, interpret the dream. And they said there was nobody, nobody on earth, not even, no king 
no king's advisors that can do it. And the man said he was going to kill them because they couldn't play that role. And what happened? And they were also advancing. He was, and people were now looking for Daniel to kill. If from the, what we have read, they started looking for Daniel. If he's killing this person, they will kill this. And Daniel perceived that this was what was going to happen. What did Daniel do? He called his friends. That is problem. Let us pray to the Lord Almighty to reveal that to us. There was an action. Why is he praying? Because he trusts his God. It's a matter of trust. Let us, let us, let us pray. And he, they prayed. They came together. They prayed to God Almighty to reveal that mystery. And that was what was done to them. God revealed the dream. God revealed the interpretation. And he went back to the, um, let's say, the ADC of the king and said, I have a solution to the king's dream. And the king called him. Nebuchadnezzar, he called him. He interpreted. And what happened? He said, yes. And that elevated, that interpretation, that action, the outcome elevated Daniel. He became the head of the Babylon province, the province of Babylon. And all his friends, those four friends of his, were given positions in Babylon. Because of the action he took, there was a problem. He knew the source of the solution. He knew he couldn't solve it himself. He went for that. We also have the Ministry of Reconciliation, and we also have Compassion and faith, faith, faith in God, no matter the circumstance. That's, that's, that's an expectation of God, of us. We have to have faith in God at all times. We have to have faith in God at all times. And we have God's promises. God's promises to us. There's several many, uh, promises. That's um, a Bible expert, I'll call him, a late Dr. Everett R. Storms, who said that there are 7,487 promises in the Bible. God's promises to mankind, 7,487. He read the Bible 27 times, picking, identifying, numbering these promises of God. And he came to that number. There are 7,487 promises of God to you and me. But for our study, we are just going to look at a few of those promises. And if you read Joshua 23, 14, it says that God's promises are true and unfailing. There's no promise that has failed. No promise of God. All God's promises are true and un unfailing. None has ever failed. So we're going to look at some of these promises. In John 14, 12 to 13, John, uh, God said, um, John in, in his write-up said, Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do all the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. Because I'm going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Who was saying this? Who was saying this? Jesus was saying this. That's, that's what he left for us. Ask in my name. Of course, we ask according to God's will for us. But ask in his name that he will do. And then in Isaiah 41, 18, we talked about rivers will flow on barren heights. The desert will be turned into pools of water. That's, that's um, God's promise in Isaiah. And contributors, the um, Bible study, Bible commentators talked about the gospel going to the Gentiles. That's this promise. And it was talking about 
something that looked almost impossible, where we have rivers flowing, oceans in the desert. And that was a first promise of God that his gospel will eventually get to the Gentiles. And now we find that the carriers of this gospel are the former so-called Gentiles. Then we have Luke 137 that also tells us that for, for, with, for with God, nothing is or ever shall be impossible. And that should be our orientation. That should be what will be our driving force when we are in a situation that we find very uncomfortable. It's not about saying, God, why me? It's for us to come to that understanding. Yes, I'm facing a challenge, and there is a problem. You identify, you admit, that's a problem. But you know that with God, this is imp- this, um, that's not impossible. And we can trace it back to Daniel, in Daniel 2. The problem he had was problem that would have caused his death. But he got that understanding. He had that understanding that this wasn't the time to mourn. This wasn't the time to uh, fidget. This was the time, the time he was, was the time to seek the source of power. The God that seeks expectation. And he went to him. So as we study, as we study this and hear on this theme, exceeding expectation, I want us to understand that we have a role to play. Each of us. It's not about receiving, receiving a loan. It's also about us acting in faith. We need to do something. It's very critical that we need to to understand that. And also that Isaiah 54, 2 talks about enlarging the place of your rent, of your tent. Stretch your tent. Curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your course. Strengthen your stakes. This is also talking about the church. If you read this Isaiah 54, 2, if you read Isaiah 53, it, that Isaiah 53 was prophesying the coming of the Messiah and the death of the Messiah. Isaiah 53. But in Isaiah 54, it advanced to enablement. Don't don't construct small tents. Stretch. Expand your tent. And he was talking about in the fullness of time, fullness being Christ would have come, and after his resurrection, there would be a gospel that would touch every nation. That was, that was the, the, what was given to us, the gospel for all humanity. And he said, don't, don't construct tents that are so small, but move your tents and let, us, let, let, let it be so that you are expectant yourself. So we are going to look at all of this and see how this, look at certain Bible characters and see what happened to them. All of us are going to participate in this, but before we do that, let us also look at the exceeding, our God of exceeding abundance in Ephesians 3.20, our God of exceeding abundance a God of exceeding abundance. Let's look at Ephesians 3.20, Amplified Version said, Now to him who is abundantly able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly more than all that we dare, ask to think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. God's power is at work within us. Can somebody just give us 
an idea of what that power is that is at work within us. God's power that is at work within us. Because the expectation in Ephesians 3.20 is in accordance with God's power at work within us. Can we talk about that power? What is that power? That power we talk about every time. That power we seek. The power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. And that power is in us. That power of the Holy Spirit is in us. Let's get to certain things clear. It is the nature of God to exceed expectations. It is the nature. God's nature is to exceed expectations. And we cannot even imagine how much he can give us. You cannot. We're not able to imagine because our own, we're looking from our very narrow understanding of God's power. We see him in parts. When he reveals himself to us, it is just like having a tiny understanding of who he is. So his power exceeds every expectation. I find that in Second Peter 1, 3 to 4. And his God exceeds expectation through his power, which is at work within us, which is the Holy Spirit that is at work within us. And the Holy Spirit is at work within us because... He has to take control of what? Our heart. The Holy Spirit can only be at work within us because he has to take control of our heart. And he takes control of our hearts by what? Invitation. Accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You have to take control of your heart. And the Holy Spirit comes into your heart. It's not, it's not something, it's a practical Exercise is something that you do by faith. We do by faith. And when we do that, you see the Holy Spirit taking us and his work within us is what Paul is saying here that now to him who is abundantly able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think. You cannot even imagine it. According to his power that is at work within us. And that's very critical. And we have to continue to ask ourselves, do I have this power? Is that power at, heart, at work within me? And how have I placed my heart for the Holy Spirit to indwell in it? Now let's look at some of the Bible characters. Bible characters and see what happened. Bible characters and see what happened. We know the story of uh, Hannah in 1 Samuel 1 to 20. 1 Samuel 1 to 20, the story of Hannah. And just uh, in this story, just run through the story and then look at things that we um, Let's study this story from the summary we have here and identify the critical things that Hannah did the critical things that Hannah did and how Hannah exceeded expectation. From the passage, Hannah's co-wife, Penina, always provoked her to irritate her because she did not have a child for her husband, Elkanah. That's in verse 6 of that. We're not going to read that passage. Then, despite the taunting of Penina, Penina, Hannah held on to God and prayed for a son. She held on to God. And in holding on to God, Hannah also made a vow. Then came um, Eli, the priest. She, he saw this woman praying and he thought, this woman is drunk. And even confronted her. Why are you so drunk at this hour of the day? What was Hannah's response? Hannah said that she wasn't drunk. 
that she was praying to her God. She didn't allow that accusation to distract her. Anna didn't allow that accusation to distract her. And then, rather, Anna humbly explained her deep problem to the priest. So what do we identify here in the case of Hannah? What are the strong characteristics we can find in this case? Do we have microphones? If you don't, if you can pass it to somebody. If you, what are the strong characteristics of Hannah that we can... Faith and believe in God. She had faith and belief in God. She was focused. She was very focused. She was very focused. She, she never allowed distractions. Do you have any other? Thank you. She was very patient and humble. Do, can you understand? Do you imagine? You are praying in this church now. Somebody is saying, ah, sister, this, or brother, this. Are you, are you drunk? The way you are praying. Or do you, will the person come back tomorrow? The person will just say, ah, no, no. So it's not about the church. It's not about the person that told you within that church. It's about you and God. And that understanding should be very clear. Because many times people come to church and say, I didn't like how the security man behaved to me. Then they change their church. They just change. Is it not better for you to come in to the church and influence that that security man should be better trained? What adds value to the kingdom of God? What adds value? And Hannah understood this. And let's look at her blessings. Hannah obtained the priest's blessing because when she explained to the priest, the priest blessed her and said the, God will, uh, the Lord will do it. And the Lord was gracious to Hannah and she gave back to three sons and two daughters. Do we know that Hannah had six children? We always talk about Samuel. There were six on the, on the, on the, on the, the whole picture. Six children. How many did she ask for? One. And the God that is six expectation gave her six. And if Hannah in this, this short um, discussion, if Hannah had reacted to the obstacles she had on the way, she would not have had that blessing come through in the way it did. So, brethren, we need to know who we are following. We are not following a human being. And that should help us to understand that this walk is with Jesus Christ. And therefore, we need to benefit from an assembly like this, we need to learn and we need to use it in our actions within and outside the assembly. Exceeding expectations is not just about coming first. Yes, if you look at the organized private sector, they have targets, right? Most organized private sectors, they have targets. And they categorize who people as they meet their targets. The list they call what? Underperformers. Brother um, Dick and Chris, has, they have their own in uh, this to try to, you know, make the people to not look very bad. They call, what did you call him again? Improvement needed. But improvement needed. Nobody say you don't underperforming. That's underperformance, and that's what it is. Then the second is meeting performance. And the third is what? Top performance. Top performance. In some economies, top performers are called in the top bracket, 5% of the, work, of the workforce. Top performers. Some have more than twice the salary as bonus. More than twice. That salary. If your salary is 100 naira, you have 200 naira plus your 100. 
top performers. They don't play. They don't play. They don't play with their top performers. So when we, when we say exceeding expectation, it's not just about, um, okay, the top performance, yeah, the added quality. The added quality. They are top performing because they added quality to the, to the organization. They made great impact. So all these are added up and said, look, these are the people. When we are looking at the profit level, these are people, they pulled in funds for us to hit this profit. That's, that's, that's this, the, the organized private sector and organized public sectors. Let me put it that way. But in God's kingdom, your will, God's purpose and your will are required. Yes, that is grace. God can give you, can reach the grace. But when you walk in accordance with his purpose for you, then you're on the right path and his will. And then God sees you. We have talked about his expectations of us. And God sees you. Here's a bit meeting those expectations, then we are putting ourselves in that pathway that we can exceed it. So we have work to do. This is, we, can, we will pray, but we need to understand that we are required to work with God. Work with God. Ask him what else you can do. Exercise patience when it is required Exhibit the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is required, and you use it to run the race. We look at another, um, another character in the Bible, the lame beggar. We remember the lame beggar? Nobody does. Do we remember the lame beggar in the temple? The lame beggar in the temple. That, what was he begging for? For money. Coins. Coins. He was begging for money. He was begging for money. He saw Peter and Paul, Peter and John, and he knew they were, okay, these, these, are, these are perhaps near in the temple. And he focused on them, asking for money. A few coins would have been okay for him. Would have been okay for him, because that was what he was asking for. But the Lord that looks beyond us, he looks beyond us. It's not about what he went ahead and did more than that for him. Let's, in this story, we learn that Peter and John met a lame beggar while they were on their way to the temple at the time of prayer. Incidentally, the beggar was being carried to the temple gate for a different purpose, begging. He wasn't... Uh, he wasn't entering. He may hear what they are saying from outside, but he was not, his purpose was not to, to um, make any difference other than begging. And he was quick enough to ask Peter and John for some money. But Peter told him something. He said, silver or gold, neither of it do I have. But what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Walk. He was giving more than what he asked for. And we need to, that's grace for me, that's grace. And we need to have this grace also. That's grace. And that's, but his reaction to grace is, what, is what's really made me even very happy. He jumped around and praised God. People who recognized him were filled with wonder and amazement. So he became an evangelistic tool. God used him. So sometimes we exceed expectations also for the glorification of God. Many times we do that. And in this passage, we just see that the lessons we learn that God's name was glorified. If you read that Acts 3 verse 8, it said his name will be glorified. And then the recognition that spiritual blessings are of greater value than material blessings. Do we agree? Do we agree? Yes. Who can explain that for us? Spiritual blessings are of greater value than material. Let's just talk about it. Yes, sir. 
there are so many things that even if you have the money, money cannot do it for you. You can't buy so many things. Thank you. Example is even I'm breathing now. I don't need any aid. So if I require assistance, it's quite expensive. I may not even be able to afford it. Thank so you so much. Are quite yeah. small. Do you have more? So um, material. Yeah, the life of uh, this man, the man at the beautiful gate, he was expecting a token, like uh, giving him something which he would use and it will finish within a day. But thank God what he got from the Apostle Peter and uh, John was more than that. He was given a life gift because he was able to jump, praising and leaping his feet, and everybody saw him that he was a blessed man. Yes, thank you. Praise the Lord. So, um, for material blessings, they come and they go. It has an expiration date, but spiritual blessings they are everlasting. So that's spiritual blessings are everlasting. They are everlasting. You know, and there are in uh, in in we have what we call want and need. Want. And many of our wants are, if you ask people, what do you want now? They will, <laughs> they will just tell that. And you know, in Economics 101, want is not backed with ability to pay. If I say I want a, a private jet, it's my want. Nobody can. It's, it's, I only need it when I have the money to pay for it. That's when I need that, that particular item. Otherwise, it's just mere want, which is, is neither here nor there. And material blessings, are they are good. But we have to also understand that the need, our need, mostly should be spiritual. Spiritual needs that last eternal the spiritual blessings that grants us eternal life. That's, that's the main anchor. We need, we need materials, but the spiritual blessings, we should not lose focus of our, our spiritual blessings. And that should be what drives us. We have situations where people are, where this need, if you have a need of material blessing and it comes to you, that's the last you're seeing them in the church. But if you have a need of spiritual blessing and it comes to you, what do you need to do? You come more and more to praise God. So we need to understand that there is a need for us to continuously seek spiritual blessings. And the Lord will give, us to, give it to us in Jesus' name. And in this study of the lame beggar, we also understand that exceeding expectations is all about God. It's all about him. I've talked about his purpose and will. His purpose for what God has proposed you. He designs you to achieve that purpose. He designs you to achieve that purpose. The only thing that may make you not achieve the purpose is whether your heart and your will align with that purpose. If we look at Daniel, there was a purpose in his life, and he had that design, and he was meeting, meeting that purpose. If you read the 11 chapters of Daniel, he didn't, his problems didn't end in... Uh, Chapter 2. If you read chapter 6, all of that, you find it, his friends were thrown into the furnace uh, fire. Nothing happened. He was thrown into the uh, lion's den. Nothing happened. Because he had the purpose and had the will of God, and he was fulfilling his purpose. And he was, several times, he exceeded all expectation. And it came to a point. They say no other God 
in that nation will be worshipped, except the God of who? Daniel. So we need to activate in order to meet the will of God and also in order for God to present ourselves in such a way that he will use us. As I said, we need to also make it such that God's God's purpose of us will be achieved. God exceeds our purpose. God exceeds our expectations. His purpose, his expectations of us is also required. Let's look at Elisha and the Shunammite woman. Elisha and the Shunammite woman. In 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17. The Bible says that Elisha used to pass through that community. And the woman recognized it and started giving him food. Anytime he came around, he would come to, um, to the place to eat. So he provided food. She provided food. And he got to a time that she sought her husband's consent to provide Elisha with accommodation so that he can do his work a, little, a lot more um, freely, sleep over, and then go do his work before he goes back to his house. And this was, the husband said that was okay. But it was that contact that made Elisha say, what are we going? He was asking his uh, um, assistant. What's his name again? Yeah, he was asking, what, what do we do for this woman? Do we introduce her to the governor, the person in charge? And the man said, no. She needs a baby. She doesn't have. And it was that, that Elisha said, okay, I'm going to pray for you by this time next year. He prophesied to her. But what the, the woman's reaction? Let's look at um, that passage. 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17. 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17. If you see it, read it, please. 2 Kings 4, verses 8 to 17. 2 Kings 4, 8 to 17. One day, Elisha went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. One day, when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant, Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her, and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king of the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son, and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. The child grew, and... Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Did the woman believe him? Did the woman believe him? From the passage we read, she had some. I'm not sure. In fact, at a point, it was no longer. She was not, no longer expecting that this was going to happen. She was no longer expecting that this was going to happen. So when God wants to exceed expectations, even when, even when you are tired of that thing you were expecting, God still remembers. 
Do we have experience like this in this, in this, what I call this uh, class? Do we have, can somebody share an experience like this? Experience of when you had something you were expecting over time, and then it never happened. One day, things started to unfold. And that same thing, or something better than it, happened. Do we have anybody? I don't believe that we don't have expectations. We have not gotten it. So we can share. And also, okay, there's one here. Okay, go ahead. Okay, it was a very, very long time ago. That was when I was a teenager. You know, in those days, we, we liked to go for courses like law, medicine, engineering. And I was trying to go to university to study law. And, uh, and you know in those days, jam was tough because we don't cheat there. <laughs> you, have to, you have to sit down and pass. And first year, I didn't go to the university. Second year, I did not go. And the third year that I said that, well, let me go for any course. Uh, that same year, I passed my, passed my GCA level, and instead of starting at year one, I joined the year two class. Yeah. So God exceeded my expectations. Instead of going for any other course, I still get admission. You still read law, law, and you had a shorter time to graduate. Yes. Praise the Lord. Do you have more? Okay. Praise the Lord. I like to, this one is not mine, but it's a friend of mine, which makes it mine. Um, my, my son was a page boy for this couple when my son was three. By the time my son, my son was 26, they still didn't have a child. But that year, they had triplets. And that was a point where nobody, you know, was expecting anything anymore. So this God is just, each time I look at those babies, I have tears in my eyes. So I just want to praise God because he really does exceed expectations. Praise the Lord. Uh, God exceeds expectations. That's, we, that's what, and if you don't have a ready testimony, just think back and have it, you know, store it somewhere that this is when God exceeded my expectation. Because I'm sure we are all beneficiaries of that. God exceeds expectations. And there are things that happen to us which just is a case of let us beware. Don't lose hope on God. Because he will never lose hope on you. Don't lose hope on God. God exceeds our expectations and in all forms. And he exceeds our expectations because it is his nature. And he also wants us to be like him. He also wants us to be like him. So in those areas, in the areas that we, we, he, what he wants us to do, we need to be intentional in doing the best that we can do, in to do the best that we can do in that circumstance. So today we've talked about Daniel. We've talked about the lame beggar. And we pointed out that in the lame beggar, even when he was expecting something lower, God understood, knew his need and gave him more than he expected. So God will locate you tonight, understanding your real need, and give it to you in Jesus' name. Your expectation, by the time you f he finishes what he wants to do with you, you will ask, ah, I did not know that. There are times, like some of us, getting close to a job, growing up, and at the last interview, when we just meeting with some members of board, you are dropped. And the thing just hits you. 
because I didn't know anybody. I, I remember one of it. I don't want to call, call the name of that particular organization. That organization failed four years later when I was a senior manager somewhere else. And I just looked back and said, Father, thank you for not giving me that job. So there are things that happen. There are things we don't know. But we have to know that whatever circumstance we find ourselves, we just said, look, God knows why. We need to get to that level to say, God knows why. And then trust in this God because he will never fail us. He will never fail us. So in summary... For us to exceed expectations, our awesome God intended, we need to key into his purpose for creating us. We need to love him above all else and diligently walk in obedience to his word, trusting his timing at all times. We need to trust God's timing at all times. Our limitations in understanding God's mighty greatness may stem from the fact that we see him in parts. Our God is actually indescribable. You can't describe him. He's omnipotent, he's omniscient, and he's omnipresent. So believers should approach his throne of grace in humble adoration, trusting that he will exceed all expectations we can ever imagine or dream off. Delay in our expectations is only a timing challenge. Delay in our expectations is a timing challenge. We should not take, because of that delay, we sin. It's a timing challenge. Consider it's a timing challenge. That in the fullness of time, he will comfort. Always, always trust in God's timing Keep faith and hold on to him. He is our God of exceeding abundance. May we always remember that God's greatest gift is our salvation, the exceeding blessedness of eternal life with him now and forever. That's his greatest gift. We have comments. Questions, comments. Do you have contributions? So can I ask, what are the limitations to meeting expectations? What are the limitations in meeting expectations? Can we eventual answers? Okay, I think the first would be lack of faith. Lack you, of faith. Yeah, if you don't have faith, then you can't, you, can't, you can't actually have the situation come to you because you have to actually believe that the situations will actually be met and exceeded. But when you don't have that faith, that's a big limitation in its own. Faith is required in meeting expectations. What other, other things do we have to meet expectations? Like Daniel. We have to be purposeful like Daniel. Then we have to be committed to anything we are giving. We should dedicate our life. We have to be resilient. Whether it happens on time or not, we should not lose uh, focus. Then, we should be also cheerful givers, just like that woman of Sunamite. She was a cheerful giver, and what she was expecting in her life was given as a result of that. I think we can also join our father Abraham when he had to entertain the three, uh, two angel, the angels with a whole cow. So all these we had, and it will give us more than what we are expecting. Thank you so much. So commitment and passion. You have to be committed. You have to have passion for what you do. We have to be committed. We have to be passionate in what we do. No, no, you don't just do it with, uh, in half measures. 
we have to be passionate in what we do. Do you have any other? Uh, Brother A, there are two comments online. Okay. Uh, one from Brother Nii Ogunisi. He says, fear, doubt, and unbelief. And then Sister Judy says, impatience yeah. is a limitation. Yeah, thank you so much. Fear, doubt, unbelief, impatience. Impatience. Did you say something? Yes. I wanted to say you also have to go the extra mile just doing things on a normal level like every other person does with no sexual yeah. to. You have to be in the level of differentiation. There's something, there should be something in you. You have to be in the top bucket and you have to act as someone in that top bucket. You know, we have top buckets in, in Christian life. It's not, also, not only in, um, in the world that we have top buckets. There are some very key Christians that talk to you. You know, that there's something about this person that is different. We have to strive to belong there. Yes, sir. Well, some people are, by nature, have very low standard for themselves. Those who exceed expectation are not easily satisfied. They give themselves a continuous improvement. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to do better. If they've done good this time, they want to do it better. That's how we can exceed expectation. Even <laughs> by, if we're easily satisfied, oh, I've done so, I've worked so hard, I've done so much. Whereas you can see people who are doing way more than you're doing. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you want to exceed expectation, it is not something like time T, you are there and you remain there. No. I've seen people that made top bucket, they were in the top. Two years later, they were sacked. It happens. Two years later, they were asked to go. So it's something that you keep, it's always a work in progress because there is always more to meet. There is always more to meet. So I'm happy we have young people here. Yeah. Meeting expectations requires drive. It requires passion. Yeah. It requires commitment. It requires taking a first step. And the more you meet, the more, the, when you get that confidence, you now discover that, you know, you'll be at um, a level, you know, the autopilot, the pilot, when it has to take some work to climb to a level that they start cruising, yeah. start cruising. So this is the time to do that work. And I pray that as we do that, the Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. So I, okay. Oh, there are two additional oh, uh, okay, comments great. online. One from a youth, uh, Roland. He says our vulnerabilities can be a limitation. And then another one, Lack of persistence. Yeah, so vulnerability. We can, when you identify your vulnerable area, what do you do? We all have vulnerable areas. We all, as humans, we have vulnerable areas. And when you identify that vulnerable area, one, let it be in your consciousness. This is my vulnerable area. I keep using the example of, uh, um, in those years that they have um, uh, in the village, you know, when they carry this thing in tray for offering. There are some people they don't uh, allow to go and collect uh, the offering because they know they will be vulnerable. And the thing is that those people want to collect offering. So that's a double jeopardy. So you understand it yourself. This is a vulnerable area for me. And don't go there. Don't go there. So identify a vulnerable area, work on it, try to block anything that takes you to that um, area of vulnerability. The second is lack of persistence. We talked about um, people have to. And that is something that... Now, I talked about grace here in a student expectation because some of the people, characters we mentioned here, did not even, if Rishinamite woman was an excellent woman, but she didn't even, it was like this, but it was the grace of God on her because 
God saw her heart. So the lack of persistence, you have to persist. We can fail. We've all had times that we didn't make it. And you need to identify. That's where the purpose of God in you is very critical. Why am I not making it? Is it God's purpose for me? I have a, 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 a mentee that was just telling me, in fact, he sent me a note. I said that they are not, um, it seems I'm going to take um, Jambe again. I said, it's not going to, it's not possible. I told him, he wants to read a particular course. I said, look, you have to go to university in the next admission. You go. There is no course now that is, uh, that, uh, is, is what you make. If you make a second upper, that's where you know organizations look at. Yeah, second upper. Yes, I know that you can go and do engineering, but I'm talking of it doesn't require because there is nothing that says you will make it next year, and that means losing a year and all of that. So we need to the persistence here is to go to university. You need to you want to go to that school. I want to go. I want to go. Let me go. Let me go there first. So the Lord will help us. It's, it's, as we just said, it is not as if it's easy, but it's something that we have to work on ourselves. One, to key into it, and two, to allow God to walk through you. And I pray as we do that, the Lord Almighty, who sees our hearts, will grant us the enablement to meet our purpose and exceed our expectations in Jesus' name.